Welcome to the post Narc Life Podcast. It's time to leave behind the narcissist narrative and build an amazing life that you love. You got through, but you're not done. We're going to build your next level of wealth, create healthy relationships, find deep self-connection to expand your unique impact on this world, and leave behind a legacy of love. I'm your host, Laura, by the way. I've been there. I get it. And I've got you. Let's go build your post-narc life. Hello. Hello and good morning. It's Laura, by the way. Welcome back to another episode. This week we're doing an episode every day for a whole week. I've never done that before, so that's really exciting. And I want this to be something that can be super valuable for you. So today I want to talk about the vital importance of managing your mind. I've talked a little bit about this in another episode on my previous podcast, Get Yourself Back. It's uh, episode four, sorry, step four in the five steps to peace with anyone, five steps to managing your life with a narcissist. And uh, step four, I called mind management. But really, mind management needs to take a more center stage in the work that we do. In fact, it's pretty much everything that we do. And I really was taught that on a deep, deep level when I went to my event back in November. We're in December. It wasn't that far away. (laughs) But the, let's see, I think it was like right before Thanksgiving, I went out to Arizona, Brooke Castillo, my coach and the person who certified me did an event called Life Coach Live. I talked about it last episode. And it was profoundly life-changing in so many different ways. And I really want to hone in today on how it was profoundly changing for me. (laughs) Even though I have been in this work of mind management, of thought management, of life coaching for over three and a half years, almost four years now as an official life coach, coaching people. It's just been an amazing journey, but I have never been more convinced and more deeply convicted that this is the most important work that you do to manage your life, is to manage your brain, okay? And so I have a lot to talk about today. We're going to go all over the place, so just bear with me. But if at the end of this episode you feel 100% more convinced that managing the tiny sentences in your brain is probably the most important thing you can do, then I will have done my job. <laughs> All right. So we are not, we're not taught in school. We're not even taught in our own families sometimes. Maybe some of us do a great job of this, but there are, I believe the vast majority of us in this world are not taught the value and the importance of managing the thoughts that happen in our minds the tiny sentences in our brain, the ticker tape. Now, some people experience actual sentences. That's what I do. I experience actual sentences that I can actually see in my mind. I can see like a sentence. I can see the words. I can see the shapes of the letters. Not everyone does that. Sometimes people think in, in images. Uh, Sometimes people think in, in feelings. Uh, But there is you, most of the time I've never run into somebody that I can't coach. I've never run into somebody that I can't ask, okay, when you were feeling this thing, what were you thinking? And they can't produce a thought. So even if you're not thinking in actual sentences, you can use your prefrontal cortex to create a sentence that describes what's happening in your brain. And so our prefrontal cortex, right, sits in the front of our brain. It is a highly, highly evolved, sophisticated 
part of our bodies, just like our entire bodies are highly evolved and sophisticated. But this part of our brain is so powerful because it's the part of our brain that makes it so that we can think about thinking. We can self-analyze. We can become self-aware. Now, a little side note about self-awareness. It's really interesting to think about self-awareness because I've felt and been self-aware my entire life, like a little too self-aware. I don't even know if that's a thing of being too self-aware, but it's definitely a very high level amount of self-awareness. And I know, or at least I believe, right? This is a thought in my mind that it, it was a hundred percent a survival mechanism becoming self-aware and hyper self-aware so that you could survive the emotionally toxic situation. That's a thing. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so extremely self-aware. I get you. I feel you. I am in the exact same boat. And so, but we want to do this thing where we use our self-awareness to create the results that we want in our life. In the beginning, self-awareness showed up and it shows up for everybody, but for us in highly toxically, uh, emotionally toxic situations, self-awareness has shown up in a really powerful way to help us predict our own behavior so that we could control our own behavior so that we could keep the narcissist or the toxic person in our life as happy, placated as possible so that we can be safe. So a hyper-awareness of our emotions or our our actions specifically, like, what did I just do? What did I just say? Oh no, that was the wrong thing. How do I make that better? How do I make sure that I never say that again? That hyper-awareness comes as a survival mechanism. But instead of using that as a survival mechanism, we're going to shift our amazing powers of self-awareness to getting the actual results that we want. So instead of hyper-focusing on the actions that we're doing that create results of the narcissist acting and feeling a certain way, we're going to focus now instead on our own thoughts and what those create for us in our life, our, our feelings, our actions, the, the things that we have that make up our reality. And when we do thought work, it's really important to distinguish that your results in life aren't the narcissist in your life. That's not a result. That is a person with their own thoughts and feelings and emotions. So you want to be really careful that when we evaluate the results that you've created in your life with your thoughts and your emotions, that you don't say, well, I created the narcissist saying this thing. I created the narcissist doing this thing. That's actually not true. And we're going to surgically separate your thoughts, emotions, and actions from the thoughts, emotions, and actions of the narcissist in your life. That's very, very important. That's like the foundational work that we do. We have to make that separation happen so that you can get really, really clear on your thoughts, creating your feelings, creating your emotions. Because a lot of times that self-awareness avoids the thoughts and emotions because it's so hyper-focused on the actions to keep the narcissist happy, right? But the, the true avoidance of the emotions, the true avoidance of the thoughts is what's creating all the things that we actually don't want in our lives. And when we can come home to ourselves, when we can come back to our own thoughts and our own emotions, that is going to unleash a power not hitherto for <laughs> experienced. And I realized over the last three and a half years, amazingly, sometimes our brains are really clever at hiding things from us, or we're really good at just lying to ourselves, I think. You know, I I got into the business of life coaching because I just am drawn to it and I love it and I think it's amazing. But I think sometimes I know that this comes up for me quite a bit, or at least it used to. I had this weird desire to become an instructor or to become, you know, a master of something to teach other people without ever actually having to do the work myself. That isn't to say that I've never done any self-coaching. That's not true. I've done plenty of self-coaching and I've gotten coached many times and 
I have, you know, all the things, but I've never really taken it to a deep level that I was invited to take it to when I was at this three day event with Brooke. And I can really see how I was avoiding a lot of my own thoughts and my own emotions. And I can be really clever at fooling myself. (laughs) And that's probably true for you too, perhaps, who knows? And tons of compassion for ourselves, right? Because we were raised in emotionally toxic environments and it's, it's important to see all of the things that we do that aren't creating the results that we want are all survival mechanisms. They are all there because it was the best we knew at the time to get our needs met and to create the results of safety, create the results of comfort, to get our emotional needs met as best we could in that time. So tons of compassion for yourself in whatever it is that you see that isn't behavior that you want in your life. So I definitely could see that I was teaching people how to do the work on themselves and I wasn't as diligently doing the work on myself. And so I've decided to change that and (laughs) I am diving in every single day. I'm spending at least an hour or two on the acquisition of, of thought work, of managing my brain, of listening to other people and their brain getting managed, of getting coached on myself, of really looking at my thoughts and emotions, really making different decisions based on who it is I want to be and how I want to show up. And this is not a perfect practice. It's not about being perfect, but can you go deeper? Can you do a little bit more of that work of really looking at yourself? Because your brain is not going to want to. Your brain's going to want to resist this work. It's going to resist one. Well, maybe not your brain, but mine certainly is. Mine certainly is a very resistant to this because we just don't want to look at our emotions. It's not fun. It's not something that we necessarily enjoy every minute or every day. But when you actually get the work done, you do feel so much better and you feel so much more in control of your life. So the results of my life in just the past like week and a half, two weeks have been I've been able to produce significantly more content in my business and significantly more high quality content. I can't tell you in the last like week or so how many people have messaged me or commented or told me what is going on? Who is this? Who is showing up? This is amazing content. You're like really speaking to your people. And I'm like, heck yes. It's because I'm actually doing the work. (laughs) I'm not just showing up and putting out anything. I'm actually doing the work to look at, okay, what is it that my people need? What is it that they're thinking and feeling? And what am I thinking and feeling that's getting in the way of showing up for them in that way? And a lot of thoughts and emotions that came up for me are like, I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid to be judged. You know, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm not going to do it consistently. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be good enough. Right. So all the things that come up that I work with my clients on still come up for me sometimes, you know, it, it doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't make you any less good at whatever it is that you're trying to do. It just means that you have a human brain and it's, One of the things that one of my coaches talked about to visualize kind of what it means to do thought work, it's kind of like brushing your teeth, you know, like you brush your teeth one time and you floss really, really good and it was so amazing. Your teeth feel amazing and you have this gorgeous smile and you have a lot of confidence and your breath smells awesome. And then you go throughout your day and just by virtue of living and eating and talking and breathing and living in the world, you're teeth will accumulate plaque and other, you know, food particles and bacteria will grow in your mouth. And that's just the way that it is. And so you have to brush your teeth regularly, brush your teeth on the night, brush your teeth in the morning, maybe use mouthwash, maybe use floss, do what you got to do. It's, it's just normal oral health hygiene. And so that's what coaching and thought work can be is mental hygiene. I think that 
we don't realize how important it is to manage our minds regularly because we're just acting on default most of the time. Most of us, most of us are just trying to get through. We're just trying to survive. And that's how I was for years and years and years after my kids were born. I was like, and we're in deep depression. We're in postpartum and we are just literally getting through day to day. And there's just, <laughs> this does not feel like there is a light at the end of this tunnel. And it wasn't until I found coaching that I was able to wait, hold on. It's my thoughts. Wait just a minute. It's because of what I'm thinking. Okay, now that's not to say, okay, that depression isn't real, that anxiety isn't real, that diagnosis aren't real. I mean, we can have a whole discussion about that. But I don't care what the diagnosis is, right? What are your thoughts about the diagnosis? Right? We talk about narcissists all the time. Guess what? Narcissist, the word, is a thought. It's a label somebody made up. Somebody, some psychologist somewhere years ago was like, you know what that person is? I think I'm going to call them a narcissist because I was studying Greek mythology one day and there was this dude that was looking at his own reflection and was so obsessed with his own reflection that he ended up drowning in the river because he couldn't stop looking at himself or dying or something. I don't know. And his name was Narcissus. And that is a narcissistic thing to do to be so obsessed with yourself and to love yourself too much that you literally destroy your life by being self-obsessed, right? So somebody made that up. Somebody decided that that word would be appropriate for a group of behaviors that a group of people tend to do. And if you read books on narcissism, you'll see that there's like all kinds of labels now. There's covert and overt, there's maternal, there's paternal. I mean, it's just all over the place. And it's the way that it is, is people are just trying to create labels so that we can feel like we can understand what's going on so that we can feel like we know what we're dealing with. There is a, we want to group people. We want to categorize people. That is a desire of the brain to help us be more efficient so that we don't have to be processing data constantly. We can easily separate things into different categories. And so when you think of a narcissist, the, you can easily separate the categories of people that you know into this nice little clean box and be like, there's a narcissist. Wow. Now I know exactly what I'm doing with my life, but it's not real. There's no blood test to determine if you're a narcissist or not. There's no definitive diagnosis. It's our best guess based on self-reporting and based on reporting of other people. And we just do the best we can, right? It's, it, this is not a criticism of psychology or anything like that. It's just like helping you understand that we organize and manage our world using thoughts and narcissism is a thought. And sometimes the word narcissism and the thought, this person is a narcissist will serve us to create more results in, in our lives that we want, like more safety, a sense of stability, a sense of, wait a second, there's nothing wrong with me right? However, sometimes the label narcissist does not serve us. Sometimes it creates results we don't want. And so it's really important to get super clear on what you're thinking about a person and if it serves you, what thought clusters, what thoughts go with that thought that you're thinking that creates a lot of emotions for you that create actions that you either want to be taking or don't want to be taking. So thoughts really do matter. I think more than anything, honestly, they really, really do. I mean, obviously I, I think unconditional love matters, you know, it's, it takes up the whole universe. So there's that. I, I want to say that, but like in terms of what it is that you want to create in terms of mental health, in terms of reaching your goals and becoming the person you want to become, I believe that thoughts are absolutely the number one thing. And in fact, thoughts are where we have all of our control. It's where our true agency lies. This is where 
we're able to make choices. You can choose your thoughts. There are so many things about your body that you can't choose. Okay. You can't choose your blood flow. You can't choose where your blood goes in your body. There are automatic systems in place. You can't choose to turn nerves off and on, right? You can't choose how your neurotransmitters function in your brain, but what you can choose are thoughts. This is amazing news. This is where, this is where it all boils down to. This is where you can really take control of your life. And a lot of our thoughts, because of the motivational triad, right? Seeking pleasure, avoiding pain, and becoming efficient. A lot of our thoughts that we think that we think over and over and over again sink deep into our subconscious and become automatic. And we don't even realize we're thinking those thoughts. That like emotions just kind of hit us without our awareness. And it feels like it's out of our control. But I promise you, if we do the work and we dig into, okay, what are you really thinking? What are there, what are the thoughts happening in your brain? What, or what, what are these, what is, what is, what thought is this feeling associated with, right? It's not necessarily to say that all of your thoughts are all of your fault. And that's why it's so important we do the work with narcissism because people who have narcissist tendencies introduce all kinds of negative and controlling thoughts into our brain. And in order to survive, we accept those thoughts as reality and it sinks deep into our subconscious in like a lightning flash. Like we're not even aware it's happening. And so this is not a time to sit here and say, it's all my fault. I blame myself for all of the thoughts that I have. No, 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 no. We're never going to use blame. Blame is not useful. It doesn't work. We're not going to blame the narcissist. We're not going to blame ourselves. So it's up, but it's, it's good to look at the reality of a narcissist person, a narcissist type person or emotional child or whomever you want to call them. They are introducing thoughts into your brain. And because you are triggered, right? Because you're in survival mode, those thoughts enter your brain and you're like, yep, that's reality. I just got to survive. Then as you do that over and over again, it will seep deep into your subconscious. And then you suddenly have emotional responses. You're suddenly triggered. You suddenly feel certain things. When a stimulus happens and somebody says something or some event happens outside of you and you don't know the thoughts that's passing through your brain and then you have an emotional response. And that's why that awareness can sometimes not be there. But if you really take a look and take a slow and calm and non-triggered response look, right? So we get ourselves into a state of safety, of internal calmness and slowness, then it will start to come up. If you, if you really ask yourself the questions, if you really dig into there, what's really going on? What am I thinking? What does it mean? Why do I respond that way? What does that emotion mean? How does it feel in my body? All of those things, you really, that's the power of the prefrontal cortex to be aware of itself, to say, okay, I am thinking a thought. I think, therefore I am, right? These are things that have, have been, you know, around in the philosophical uh, narrative for quite some time. We've been studying thought for quite some time. And it's just one of those things where it's like, this is applying it to your life so that you can actually create any result that you want in your life. Seriously, any result that you want in your life. It's insane. And, and here's the thing. So the value of changing your brain is so high that it is, in my opinion, the number one thing you can be doing with your time. Now, I'm not saying you should be doing it 24-7, okay? But when you wake up in the morning or maybe an hour after, I don't know, you wake up, maybe you're managing kids. But if you spend intentional time looking at your thoughts, deciding if those thoughts serve you or not, looking at them as thoughts, not as reality, not as who you identify as, but just looking at them as only thoughts that are appearing in your mind, 
And do they serve you and do they not? And then you can decide which ones you keep and which ones you you discard. And sometimes it feels terrible to discard thoughts. Sometimes it feels impossible to discard them. This is because they are well-worn pathways in your brain. And so the solution to that is to create new pathways. Your brain has very high neuroplasticity, which means that the pathways in your brain can form new ones. You You can change pathways to form new ones. Your neurons in your brain, those connections can dissipate and then create new, stronger connections in a different way. Neuroplasticity is so amazing. And this is where you have full control over that. You don't have full control over the narcissist or the toxic person in your life. You don't have any control over them, in fact. You have zero control of them. They want you to think that you have control over them, right? They want to be manipulated. They want you to do certain things so that they feel better because they give you all of the power to make them feel better because that's what they think that they should be doing. And in the dynamic that you've been caught in, you also think that you, that other people outside of you can control how you feel. You also think that somebody outside of you needs to change in order for you to feel better. It doesn't make you a narcissist, but it, it, it makes you caught in the dynamic, right? It's, it one cannot work without the other. Like if you don't buy into that belief system of someone outside of me makes me feel better, then you are not affected by the narcissist, right? So that's all the work that we're doing right now in the work of listening to the podcast of working with me as a coach. We break that dynamic by saying, Oh, the narcissist actually doesn't affect my emotions. I do with my thoughts. My thoughts create my emotions. The narcissist does X, right? We put that in the C line. The, um, if you don't know what that is, it's the circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. That's the model that I was trained in at the life coach school. We put that in a little model, a CTFAR, where we, we delineate specifically, okay, the circumstance in life is this, and my thought about it is this, and this creates an emotion in my body, and that emotion is a fuel for this action that I took. And because of this action, I now have this result in my life. That's it. It's so basic. It's so simple. It's so legit. (laughs) If you can just like write down on a notebook every single day, C-T-F-A-R, and put whatever circumstances in your life. Mother-in-law, that's a circumstance. Ex-husband, that's a circumstance. Co-parenting with ex-husband, that's a circumstance, right? (laughs) Your childhood, that is a circumstance. Anything that happened in the past is a circumstance because you can't change the past, right? Nothing you can do about that. But your thoughts are happening in the present time, and you can manage those thoughts. Now, sometimes... We look at that and we're like, well, if we can just manage our thoughts all the time, then we should be happy all the time. No, that's not what I'm saying either. Managing your thoughts is not about forcing yourself to be happy 24-7. That's not real. We're human beings. We don't need to be happy 24-7. Really, happiness is just as fleeting of an emotion as sadness and anger and frustration and annoyance and all the other emotions. All the emotions are fleeting. And we experience a range of emotions throughout the day. And that's not a problem. But if you notice that you're experiencing more negative emotions than positive emotions, that's an invitation. Okay, let's look at our thoughts. Because when you've been raised by narcissists or you've been surviving a narcissist for many years, you're going to have a ticker tape of negative thoughts constantly because they are very negative people because they blame everyone else around them and they think terrible things about people. They judge people. They're trying to be superior. They're trying to get all their needs met using negative things and harmful tools and negative thoughts, right? So they're going to be dumping that on you constantly in order for you to survive without that awareness, you're going to be accepting that into your body and into your mind and living your life that way. How do I know? Because this is how I was raised and I work with clients like this constantly. So it's, it's a, it's a very, I've seen it over and over again and I've experienced it myself. 
So negative thoughts are not a problem, right? We don't have to have negative thoughts about our negative thoughts. Let's just look at them and decide if we want to keep them or not. You know, is it true that your mother-in-law is the worst person in the world? Well, it may or may not be true. We can think about that mother-in-law on the sea line. Your thought is she is the worst person in the world. When you think that thought, how does it feel in your body? How does it feel to think she's the worst person in the world? Even when I say that, and I don't actually mean it about anybody in my life right now, I feel like, I feel like my, my stomach drop. Like I feel like a little, a little response to that, emo- that, uh, that thought. There's an emotional visceral a- reaction in my body to that thought. And isn't, isn't it amazing? And it isn't even real. It doesn't, it's not something I believe about anyone, but the thought occurring to my brain and me saying it out loud creates a visceral response in my body. And so what are the thoughts that you're thinking that are creating visceral responses in your body that make it so that life is really hard for you? And again, we don't sit there and say that the narcissist has no um, accountability for the actions they take or, you know, they're abusing me, but you know, it's just my thoughts. So I I just have to manage that. No, that's not what I'm saying either. I think abuse is one of those things where I think most of us have kind of created a line for abuse. Like what constitutes abuse? I remember that's one of the questions that I asked myself when I first started the work with, you know, when I found life coaching and I was following Brooke and other really uh, amazing coaches out there who've do this thought work of like, it's always your thoughts. I'm like, well, what about abuse? What are the limits of coaching? What are the limits of thought work? Where, where is it not helpful anymore because you're actually perpetuating an abusive situation or you're actually gaslighting yourself? Like, where are the lines here? And over the years, I've come to find that number one, the lines are decisions and you're allowed to make those decisions, right? So I define abuse as physical abuse. If somebody lays their hands on you, hurts you, uses, you know, their body or other objects to, um, to hit you, to create physical pain on your body, right? That's obviously physical abuse. And that is a thought quote unquote, but I agree with that thought and I'm going to live like that thought is true because that is a line that I don't want crossed. That's a boundary of mine, right? So a boundary, we've talked about this before in other podcasts, but we'll talk about it again because it's so important to really master these concepts. Boundaries are limits. Boundaries are decisions. Boundaries are what I will tolerate and what I will not tolerate. And there are people in this world who love physical abuse. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it too much because it's a, a little bit weird for me <laughs> to talk about it, but there are people out there who are like, oh my gosh, physical abuse makes me feel loved, right? Right? Do I agree with it? Do I think it's amazing? Not necessarily. Okay. Those, I have opinions about that, right? That's not here nor there, but there are people out there who are like, yeah, hit me. That feels amazing for different reasons. You know, some people are, you know, have, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting <laughs> uncomfortable, but you know what I mean? Or there's like boxers, for example, people who are in MMA or MMA fighters. Like I cannot watch MMA fighting, cannot do it. It is so like profoundly disturbing to me to see people physically hit each other for sport. It's insane. And they have thoughts about it that are not like I'm being abused right now, right? They don't have that thought. So it's possible to have neutral circumstances, even in the extreme. Do we want that? Not necessarily, but those people who are in extreme sports choose those thoughts for themselves and they don't feel like they're getting abused. They love it. They want more of it. It makes them money, right? All of those things. I am not suggesting that we do that. Okay. I want to make that very, very clear. Physical abuse in my mind is still very much a, a very clear line where if that is crossed for me, I'm, I manage myself. I, I, I 
implement a protocol of I get myself out of the situation as fast as possible. Okay, so I just want to make that clear, right? But that's true for literally anything. What are, what are the limits? Well, you have to find them for yourself. What are your limits? So we can talk about like what emotional abuse means. And I have defined emotional abuse for me and my people. And I'm not going to coach anyone out of thinking that they're being emotionally abused and make them stay in a marriage they don't want to be in, right? I don't do that. That's a line that I've created for myself. Not everyone agrees with that line. And that's okay. You don't have to agree with that line. But for me, if a client comes to me and they are in an emotionally abusive relationship, we are going to coach on that situation. We're going to get into the thoughts because I care less about what the person is doing to that person and more about the client's thinking that's making it okay for them to tolerate that kind of abuse. Why do they persist in allowing that to happen? That's what matters to me. And I've said this before too, I, it's not really my job to tell you to leave a narcissist situation. You can choose to keep the narc in your life. You can choose to stay. I don't, I don't care. That doesn't matter to me because the thought work around leaving and the thought work around staying are the same. The results are different, but we still have to manage the thoughts. And when you really get down to the brass tacks of who it is, you actually are and who it, what it is that you actually want. When you do the thought work to clean all of the narcissist narrative stuff that's happening in your brain, it reveals who you are. And then you decide from that place where you want to go. And I've, I've had many clients who are like, yeah, I want to stay. And I feel amazing in this relationship. And I have many clients who were like, oh my gosh, I finally feel like I know who I am. And I actually have the strength to leave now. And they leave and they build amazing lives. It's both, n- neither one is right or wrong. It's just, what do you want? You know? who are you? And if you don't know who you are because you've been too busy surviving a narcissist, right? That's where we come in and we do the work. Let's look at your thoughts because your thoughts create your, you, who you are and who you are also creates your thoughts, right? So it's a co symbiotic relationship and your decisions at the end of the day about those thoughts, right? Coming from who you naturally are and coming from who put whatever on you. And then those decisions that you make, the decisions you make are who you are. And they create more of who you are or they create less of who you are. It depends on if you're surviving or not. But when you show up as the person that you truly want to be, you're not in survival mode. Okay. You're not, you are in a much better state of mind where you can actually manage your emotions. You can manage your body. You can manage your feelings. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how your brain changes. Okay. So we talked about thoughts, how your thoughts change, how that can be accomplished. It's so so simple. You think new thoughts over and over again until they become automatic in your brain. That's it. If whatever story you have about this result that you have in your life that you don't want is a bunch of thoughts that you've been thinking for a long, long time. And in order to change that to the new brain, quote unquote, that you want to have that creates the result that you want, right? We have to think new thoughts, create new thought patterns, create new thought habits over and over and over in multiple different ways. And it changes your brain. And I've seen it happen over and over again. And it creates so much peace and comfort and self-love. It creates determination. It creates all the emotions that you need to to do things that you want to do that you're not doing. And it's the best news ever. It's like, there's nothing outside of you that's preventing you from getting what it is that you want. I want you to hear that again. There is nothing outside of you that is preventing you from getting the things that you want. So I want to talk about some of the results I've been trying to create in my life. And I realized at this event 
that I have been blaming external circumstances for the results that I have not been creating in my life. And I actually got coached live by Brooke (laughs) at the event. It was really intense. And uh, my fight or flight response kicked in. So I really don't remember exactly what was said, but I have a recording of it. And really the most important thing did actually get through. So basically I was like, look, Brooke, my business is not going as quickly as I want it to. Uh, Like all these tragedies keep happening in my life. And I didn't even tell her what my tragedies are. I didn't even say them. I could have been like my mom committed suicide a year and a half ago. I could have said I lost, I've lost five babies over my lifetime. I've dealt with so much grief. I've had so many tragedies and there it's true. I have, of course I have. I'm not going to gaslight myself and you know, thought work myself out of like, yeah, my mom's suicide was amazing. I'm never going to do that. You know why? Because I don't want to, I want to keep how I feel and think about my mom and her choices because that's who I want to be right now. Other people can make other choices. That's fine, but it's okay for me. I feel so at peace with my mom's choices now. Um, but at the time there was no way anyone could have quote coached me out of the grief I was feeling. Yeah. Right. And we don't want to, that's not the point. We don't use coaching tools to make everybody happy all the time, right? We use coaching tools to help you really get awareness so that you have full control over what it is that you want so that nothing outside of you is creating the results you don't want. Right. But I didn't realize I was blaming my mom's suicide. I was blaming all the tragedies in my life for the results that I was creating. I wasn't taking full ownership of the results that I was creating in my business and in my life, um, in how I manage my time, how I manage my, um, eating, how I manage my business, how I manage my money, like all of those things. I was blaming something else outside of me. Well, I can't because look at what happened. And you know, that maybe that did serve me for a little bit. I I think it's okay to have compassion on yourself. I was in therapy, still I'm in therapy. I love my therapist. She's an amazing EMDR therapist for a long time. And she is not a life coach. She's a therapist. So she's going to be in the story and she's going to validate how traumatic that is. And she's going to help me make peace and come to terms with it. Right. That's a beautiful part of the work. Now, when I get coached by a life coach and I tell her, look at all these terrible tragedies, it's making it so I can't get what I want. And she says, no, it's not. And I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) She's like, your tragedies aren't forcing you to not have the results that you want. Instead, I'd rather you take ownership. No, I chose not to do these actions in my business and in my time management and all the other things in my life. I chose not to do these things. And that's because I wanted to. I didn't want to work. I wanted to process grief. I didn't want to show up in this way to create this result that I wanted because instead I wanted to process my grief. I wanted to take time. And that's what I did. I did over a month of not really showing up online, not really, I showed up for calls, of course, because I love my clients and I will absolutely show up for them no matter what. And those, those are thoughts that I have and I feel really good about those thoughts. But, you know, marketing and other parts of my business that are really essential to growing the business, I intentionally chose not to show up for those things because I wanted to take time and space to grieve. And it was a beautiful thing. And I did create that for myself. And now that I've done that for myself, I would, I really am fully recharged and I can show up and it's amazing. So having Brooke tell me and coach me and show me that it was my thoughts about the difficult things in my life that were stopping me from creating the results that I wanted helped me gain 
self-awareness. It helps me gain a sense of power and ownership over my choices, my thoughts, and my results in my life so that I'm not at the effect of things I can't control. I can't control whether or not my mom committed suicide. Trust me, I tried. And it took me a lot of therapy to get my brain to believe that it wasn't in my control, that there was nothing I could have done. Months and months and months of work to change that quote negative cognition is what my therapist calls it, which is, which is, is very similar to coaching, right? It's, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, right? So all very similar, but it's so results oriented. That's why I like coaching so much because it's results oriented anyway. And so as I was realizing that this was happening, it was just such a big eye opener. It was like, Oh, well, of course this terrible thing happened in my life, but I have been actively using it as a reason not to do X, Y, Z in my business. And I've been blaming that and feeling powerless. And that is not what I want. I don't want to feel powerless. I want to feel like the CEO of my life. I chose to not take these actions because I chose to process my grief and to not be in my business and to not be focused on these certain things. And that was a beautiful choice that I made. And I'm so glad that I made that choice because look at, look at where I'm at today. I have full of energy. I have tons of ideas for content. I have, uh, I have this, this sense of urgency, I guess is maybe not urgency, but just this like energy and power in my mind and in my body to show up for my clients and to do the thing that I feel like I've been called to do. And that is just the best thing ever. And it was because I was shown my thoughts and I wasn't willing to look at these thoughts for many, many months, (laughs) but a coach helped me to see these thoughts and she didn't even know. And her, her brain probably, or her mind or her coaching probably wouldn't have changed if she knew the circumstances, but that's the best part about coaching with a life coach is that they don't even need to know the circumstances in order to coach you about your thoughts. And that's, that's why I love what I do. So like when you come to me with my narcissist ex is, you know, holding my kids over my head, right? These, these terrible stories we tell ourselves and listen, they might be true. It might be true that your narc is intentionally trying to manipulate you using your children. That's a thing. (laughs) They love to do that. Right. But it's your thinking about it, right? This sense of I'm being, this is being done to me it takes away a sense of power. It takes away your ownership over your life and you feel like a victim and the narc wins, right? Not that we care about winning or losing, just that they get what they want and you also get what you want in that moment, not what you truly want, but what your survival brain wants, which is to allow them to have power over you so that you can feel like placating them feels safe. And listen, even though you're divorced or even if you've gotten out of that situation, if you haven't cleaned up that habit, it's going to keep showing up in your life over and over and over again. Well, that's why we have to look at the thoughts. We got to clean those up because it's going to be creating results that you don't want, that you don't realize are happening. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about a change I made in my business, just a slight adjustment. Um, and then I also want to talk about some things that are coming up. So I sent an email out. If you want to get on the email list to stay up to date to all these things, go into the show notes, get on my email list. There's lots of things coming down the pipeline because I've got lots of energy and lots of fun ideas coming your way. But the number one thing I want to talk about is results-based coaching. So we talked about how life coaching is different from other modalities like therapy or, you know, Reiki or whatever they have out there. There's lots of modalities out there to help with your mental health and to help you feel better and things like that. But coaching is very different in that it is very results-based. It's about 
looking at what does this create for you and do you like it? And there's, it's, there's so much intention about it. It's great. I love coaching for that reason. And I coach my clients to help them get results. That's why my clients hire me because they have this result in their life they don't want. And they want this result over here. And they've been trying to get this result over here, but they can't get it. And they don't know why. And so they hire a life coach to help get the thoughts out of the way to clean up all of the old survival mechanisms and habits so that they can finally achieve getting what they want. And I've seen it over and over and over again. And one thing that I've noticed is that some clients, it takes their brains a little bit longer to do the work because just depending on how much trauma there is, depending on like lots of things. And sometimes it takes clients a little bit less time. It just kind of depends on maybe how long you've been working at yourself, maybe how many self-help books you've read, maybe your awareness, maybe your, who knows? I don't really know what it is, but I have noticed that there is a difference in how people are able to absorb the work and change their life. And this is not a judgment on anybody. Okay. Again, tons of compassion. We all have different brains. We all have different life circumstances and how we've responded to those life circumstances. And we all have different levels of results that we want to change, right? So instead of having coaching based on, cause typically how I sell coaching is, okay, we work together for six months or a year and you kind of renew if you want more time. And so instead I've decided I don't want to do that anymore. I want to offer results based coaching. All right. So what that means is hire me. You're hiring me to create a very specific result in your life. And instead of being like, okay, we'll try to get it done in six months. We'll try to get it done in a year. We'll try to get it done in three months, whatever it is. Instead of focusing on getting it done within a certain time frame, I just want to focus on, do we have the result? Yes or no. And if the answer is no, let's just keep working on it because time is not something we can really predict when it comes to getting the results that you want. We can't always say, well, definitively within six weeks, you're going to feel like this about your ex. I mean, maybe plenty of clients have done that, but not every client has done that. And I want to be able to give everyone a chance to get the results that they want because you're not hiring me for my time. You don't hire me for an hour a week or, you know, messaging. That's, that's not that's not the result you want. The result you want is the changes in your life that are amazing. Results like getting happily divorced from your narcissist. Results like being happy in your marriage, regardless of how the person in your life shows up. Results like making money in your business, starting your business and making money. I've had so many clients turn into coaches. I, I mean, it's not my intention. It's, and I think it's wonderful. Listen, y'all, I need help. I need help helping other people, coaching other people, because there's so many of us. There are thousands and thousands of people suffering because they have narcissists in their lives. That's real. So I need a lot of help. I need coaches who get it, who understand, who've been through it, who can walk through the client's struggle and look at how to help them in a compassionate way, but also in an empowering way. We need that in the world. Okay. So yeah, if you want to become a coach, let's do it. I can help you. I can help you not only become a coach, I can help you actually make money in your business. I can help you run your business. That's a thing. Um, Results like um, moving to your dream location. That was a surprise result that I didn't know was a thing that I helped people with. But I love that result because it's so indicative of the brain. It's so indicative of what's happening. Like when you are in a toxic relationship, you want to move out of that toxic relationship. And sometimes that is repeated in where you live. You know, nothing against small towns, but some people 
don't like small towns and they don't want to be in small towns anymore. And so they want to get out of small towns and into their dream location where they actually want to live. Right. Or maybe they want to live in big, or maybe they're living in big city and they don't like the, the hustle and bustle and the rat race or whatever. And they want to move to a small, quiet town and live out their lives in peace. Right. So they are living in a place they don't want to live because they moved there or lived there due to survival reasons. And now they want to live in their dream location that actually matches who they are and what they want to be in this world. And that is a fun result that I've helped people create. (laughs) So yeah, let's get you moved to your dream location because the only thing in the way between that and where you're at right now is your thoughts. And I can help coach you on that, right? So dream location, getting to a happy, healthy place with the narcissist in your life. Um, growing, starting or growing a business and growing revenue in your life. And maybe it's not even a business, just growing revenue. Like if you just want to earn money, you want to make money, you want to be rich. It's just a bunch of thoughts. Let me tell you, I can help you with that. Um, so you can also, there's another result that I think is so fun. And we've talked about this on the podcast before is finding your partner, finding your life partner. Who's not a narcissist, who's actually healthy emotionally. It's amazing. Do you have, do you have any idea? No one promises that. No one ever is like, hey, I've got this tool that you can use to find your ideal partner. I've got it. I can actually help you do it. Because it's like, wait a second, can you actually promise that? Can you actually deliver on that? And a lot of people are scared because they don't realize how available it is. It's so available. Are you kidding me? There are 8 billion people on this earth, all right? And some of us like to work on ourselves and some of us are healthier than others. I think it's absolutely 100% possible for you to find your person in this world. And I think the only thing in your way is old survival patterns that prevent you from seeing the healthy people. And not only do I know that because I've created a result in my life, I've helped other people create that result in their life. People who did not believe it was possible. People who were just like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? How can you possibly guarantee that result? What if we work together until you found your healthy partner, not from a place of pressure, but from a place of really truly healing and going out and going on tons of dates and actually finding a person that works for you? It's amazing. It's so fun. I would love to do that for more and more and more and more people because we need healthy marriages to create healthy children, healthy grandchildren, so that we stop creating more narcissists. Narcissists are created most of the time because of cycles of abuse. And if I can help people find their ideal partner, that's going to stop the cycle (laughs) in one way. And there's lots of ways to stop the cycle. It's not the only way. Okay. But it's definitely one way that we get it done. All right. So changing your brain is very, very simple. However, lots of thoughts and lots of beliefs and lots of big, 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 heavy emotions can sometimes get in the way of that. And that's why I do what I do. So I offer results-based coaching where you hire me for one or more specific results. And it, it takes as long as it takes to get those results. And then we're done coaching when we achieve those results. And if you want to keep coaching, we work on a new result, right? It's amazing. You can coach with somebody or with lots of other coaches indefinitely because we can always be trying to create better and more results in our lives. Or you can decide that this result was so amazing and you just get to live your life with this amazing new result. It's amazing. I love it. All right. So that's what I have for you today. Focus on your yes, mental health, but really focus on your ability to manage your own thoughts. And if you have thoughts about managing your thoughts, I want to have a conversation with you. Okay. Get on my email list. There's more coming down the pipeline. There's more I want to talk about. We'll be back here tomorrow for another episode. I hope you're having an amazing day. We'll see you then. Bye. 
If this episode resonated with you and you are ready to start changing your life and really getting down to work and you would like my support, you're going to love private coaching with me. I offer private one-on-one results-based coaching. We get it done. So go to laurabytheway.com slash contact or go to my show notes to sign up to get on the email list. See you soon.